like it. Yeah, I like it. You may be seated. One of my, one of my mentors always said that if you hear laughter, that's a sign of health. Laughter, people talking, people not wanting to stop hanging out, that's a sign of health. Aren't you glad you go to a healthy church? Yeah. How about the rest of y'all? Y'all want to attend an anemic church, huh? Come on. Aren't you glad you go to a healthy church? Life-giving. Yeah, good. Having fun. A little playing Daft Punk during the offering. You can't beat that. Y'all look at my blessing right here. Y'all see my Jordans right here? Look at them. Look at them. In 1989, I worked at Lofton's uh, Sporting Goods Store. It was my, I worked there for three or four years. It was my final senior year before I went to college, and uh, the Jordan 4s came out, and I saved up my money. I paid a whole paycheck, a whole paycheck. I got the first pair that came in, just smelled them like this, and then I just wore them out playing in them. You know, I didn't know they were going to be collectors, and I always said, I want me another pair if I can find me another pair. Well, my son Evan, uh, now, now we have a, uh, he has a teammate and a friend named Tyrell, and Tyrell has a shoe guy. So now, now I have a shoe guy, and I don't ask how they got them. I just know that I got them. All I'm saying. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. So I'm feeling frisky today. Good. I love y'all. I'm excited about this word today. I'm excited about the word that God has for us, and I really think it's going to help us. It's going to help us <clears throat> in our relationships with one another. And how many of you know if, if you can get your relationship with one another figured out, your relationship with God becomes a lot easier too. And then you can also flip that. When you get your relationship with God worked out, your relationship with others, it's always connected together. And matter of fact, Jesus said the law and the prophets hang on the, these two commandments, love God and love your neighbor. You get those two figured out, all the other commandments are so much easier. Uh, I want to say happy birthday to Nicole Johnson. She turns 30 years old today. Where's Nicole? There she is right there. So she turned 30 yesterday and got a brand new baby going to be at any moment. So y'all going to have a birthday right together as well. One more thing. All in night. Everybody say all in. You know why we call it all in? Because we want everybody in. Everybody. So I want you to be here tonight. Some of you trying to figure out what that is. Well, it's a great night. It's, it's different than Sunday morning. Uh, it is, it's a night. We're going to have fun tonight. Uh, not that we didn't have fun today. We're going to have fun tonight. We're going to do some worship. We're going to hear some, some, some word. And I really believe that God, God has given me something to share with our church tonight. I am so excited about the word tonight. Uh, and so I want you to come. If you have plans, cancel them. I want everybody to be here. Because this is going to be getting us ready as we move into this next, this next season of ministry. And it's an exciting season for the hills. I'm excited about it. So we are in Ephesians. We have started a brand, uh, not a brand new series. We're coming to the end of it. Actually, next week will be the closeout of it. Uh, and we've, been, we've been teaching on this series called Red, White, and Who as we move into this election that everybody's so excited about participating in. Our country's just fired up about it. Um, as we move into it and what we are as a people figuring out what we are, what are we going to do, what's going to happen, how do we do this, and what are we going to do at the end and when it's over, how's it all going to work out? We just figured we should spend some time talking about who we are, not as a nation, but as the body of Christ. And there's no better place than the book of Ephesians, what many theologians call 
the Constitution of the Church. And a great fitting, fitting title for a series called Red, White, and Who. And so we've gone through Ephesians. We started in Ephesians 1. We've moved all the way. Uh, Brian Larson brought a great word uh, on Ephesians chapter 3. And then last week I hit Ephesians 4 and some of 5. Well, today we're going to start in Ephesians 5.21. And we're going to go through Ephesians 6.9, okay? So that's where we're going to be. I'm going to be reading primarily from the New Living Translation. And, um, but we're, I'm excited about it. I want to subtitle the message today, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Look at your neighbor and say, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Before we dive in, I just want to say this. Loving life, walking in liberty, and being happy comes down to good relationships. Loving life, walking in liberty, and being happy comes down to having good relationships. Matter of fact... Show me your relationships, and I will show you the level of liberty, life, and happiness that you have. Show me the health of your relationships. They are a gauge of how we are spiritually, emotionally, physically. And it's a gauge. It shows where we are. One of my dear friends, Pastor Scott Jones, says, Life moves at the speed of relationships. Your relationships, who you're in in covenant with, who you know, who you love and who loves you will determine how well and easy and flourishing your life moves along. Paul discusses three types of relationships in Ephesians. And before we read there, I want to explain these to you. uh, Because instead of taking each one of those relationships and spending time on it, I want to pull some points out that Paul uses, and I think they apply, I know they apply to all of our relationships. Three types of relationships Paul talks about here. Some of you will hit one of these, some will hit a couple of these, all right? He talks about spouses, so we'll be talking to husbands and wives today. He talks about children and parents, and then he talks about masters and servants. Now, before we get into this, I want you to have a clear understanding, and those of you who haven't been with us through Ephesians, those of you that have been, you have a better understanding of how Paul has prefaced all of this as he's moved up to it. Remember, Paul's audience is largely Gentiles. They don't know a lot about Jesus. They don't know much about God. They're pagans or Gentiles with, with some Jews that have come in. And so they're kind of a, 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 a smattering together. I don't know if smattering, is that a word? Is it, okay, it doesn't matter. I just made it up. A smattering together of, of predominantly Gentiles and some Jews that are there. And Paul talks to both of them. And remember how he talks to them in the beginning. He lets them know, you Jews think you're better than the Gentiles, but I'm going to tell you now, you are all one body. Remember we talked about that last week and the week before. He addresses men and women. Understanding the culture that Paul was talking to here, predominantly Gentiles. In the Gentile culture, women were demeaned. When you start really studying the pagan culture of how women were treated during those times, it was not good, the way they were treated. And I think sometimes you can look at the Greek goddesses and you think that, well, that's how they treated women. No, that was just those goddesses. The women, many of them were prostituted out for those goddesses. And so when you really study this, this is who Paul's talking to. And then he's also talking to the Jews where there was a complete separation of men and women. 
I mean, there was a complete separation. So you've got the Jews who separated them and the Gentiles who degraded them. All right, so this is who Paul's talking with. Then he also is talking to parents who are used to parenting their children based on the law. And in the law, if you disobeyed or dishonored your mom and dad, they could take you out and stone you. Come on, y'all. And some of us don't even want to give our kids time out. You know what I'm saying? How many of you know some kids would probably be obeying and honoring if they know you to disobey me? We're going to the rock pile, I'm going to tell you right now. So this is, this is who Paul, <laughs> not you going to your room. We're going to the outskirts of town. You make me do it. So he addresses men and women, husbands and wives. He addresses kids and parents. And then he addresses masters and slaves. Understand this. Slavery was a part of the culture. It was a part of the economy. It wasn't necessarily about race. In America, when we talk about slavery, we automatically think about Native Americans, African Americans. We think about uh, the, the Asian that have been slavery. This was a different culture. It was more about a debt being owed at that time. So in other words, it didn't matter really what race you were. If, if, if I couldn't pay my bill, I didn't go bankrupt. I became your slave. That's how things worked then. Uh, and then if you were conquered by a king, you just became, that's, that's how. So it's about a debt being owed. So you understand the context we're talking about here. This is who Paul is talking to. He's talking to a group of people that are not used to living like we're living. And what Paul talks about, now I want you to understand, some of what Paul talks about, church shies away from it now. Because they, we don't understand the context. Paul wasn't bringing a word of, come on, y'all better get in order. He was bringing a word of freedom to these people. So this is what they've heard, and now Paul's letter to Ephesus arrives, and they begin to read it, and he's saying, you guys, no matter who you are, you're one body, Jew, Gentile, male, female, slave, master, you are all one. Can you imagine what that must have felt like to these people? Matter of fact, Paul says in another letter, Galatians 3.28, he says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So with this context, I want us to dive into Ephesians chapter 5, okay? Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to read through it. We're going to read kind of fast, and then we're going to go back and talk about it. All right? Everybody take a deep breath. Here we go. You ready? All right, here we go. Ephesians 5.21. Further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. No men amening right now, okay? For a husband is the head of his house as Christ in the head of, is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit, submit to your husbands and everything. For husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. Some of you are getting revelation right now. 
And, and, and we are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. This is a great mystery. Can I hear an amen on that one? But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters and with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. The word of the Lord. And literally, we could take that word and just apply that to all of your relationships, and I really wouldn't even have to preach here. Just take that scripture and just open it up and read it in about four or five different translations, and I promise you, there's going to be enough there for you to last you throughout the rest of the year. However, I want to preach today, so we're going to preach today, all right? I want to start off by saying something that I know is going to be very, very popular, and I want you to write this down. This is going to be that everything we're talking about today is going to come down to this, and I've already asked our ushers and security to get ready. If anybody stands up and tries to throw something at me, they're going to take you out. All right, here we go. Are you ready? How many want to know how to have a successful relationship? One, two, three. How many want to know how to have successful relationships? All right, here we go. Success in relationships comes down to submission. Gwen, you will be at the 11 a.m. service, right? I want you to do the exact thing at the 11 a.m. service, please. Look at me. This is the answer to all relationships. This is the answer to life, liberty, and happiness. Submission. The word submission has a bad reputation. I want to spend the next few moments that we have together with clearing some of these things up. I want to find some points Paul talks about, and I want to talk about real submission, what Paul is talking about when he talks about submission. Ephesians 5.21, we read it, our very first passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it at the beginning, and we'll read it at the end as well. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Number one, submission is for everyone. Write that down. Don't ask somebody else to write it down. You write it down. Submission is for everyone, not just for wives, not just for kids, not just for slaves and employees. Submission is for everyone. Matter of fact, submission should be all of our mission. Every one of us should have one mission in life, and that is submission. 
Wives submit to husbands. We hear that a lot. I mean, that's kind of what's been taught about. That's why a lot of pastors shy away from this. A lot of people won't talk about this because it's, it's the wrong thing. To, and it's because that word submit has been taken and messed up and mixed up. And religion has used it. And, and men have used it. And women have misused it, misunderstood it. So we've heard enough about that. I'll get back to some of that in just a minute. But also, husbands are to submit to their wives. The scripture says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Come on, let's talk about that now. How much did he love the church? So much that he would submit his will to the will of the Father so that the church could flourish. Submit. Men, understanding the word submission. Not just your wife's job, it's our job as well. Kids, submit to parents. But also parents, there are times that you have to submit to your children. I can take you back to many times in my life where Evan or Davis would do something and I would, as a man, how dare you? But I would have to submit to the role of a father. And I'll never forget the Holy Spirit speaking to me one day and said, I didn't call you to be a man in this relationship. I called you to be a father in this relationship. At times when Kristen has said things, I, as a man, I, come on now. God didn't call me to be a man in her life. He called me to be a husband in her life. That's a big difference. Where you want to bow up women, same thing. God didn't call you to be a woman to him. He called you to be a wife to him. Parents, kids, and there are times that we have to submit to that role as much as we don't want to because the, the, the will of us never wants to submit. This will help you. Y'all, I'm telling you, the other day I was studying this, and I'm just going to share it, Kristen. I was studying this early in the morning. And uh, I was up early, I mean really early, studying. And, man, I was getting this word, submitting. And, and we have our microwave in our house that somehow is just like right up next to our bedroom wall, okay? And it's one of those, you know, how many know a microwave? You slam that thing like, bam, just like, there's no easy way to close a microwave. You just, just bam. Well, I was so easy trying to close that so it wouldn't wake her up. We'd been up, up late, late, late. Close it, close it, close it. And, and I don't know, I guess at one point I just kind of clicked just a little bit and she sleeps about like a mouse, you know what I mean? And she came walking in and she said, my goodness, what are you doing in the microwave? And I bowed, like something in me just rose up like, I was, I didn't say it, but I was thinking, I was doing everything I could not to wake you up. And one little creak. And at that moment, I remembered what I had just been studying with my coffee. And I submitted that. And in a few minutes, she walks in and she goes, I'm sorry. She said, I know that you were trying hard. You wouldn't do that on purpose. I should. She submitted that. And our day was beautiful. That day could have been ruined the rest of the day. From that, just not submitting that to the, come on, how many that's a good word for you right now? You receiving that? Submission is for everyone. Matter of fact, Paul wraps up the letter in a few moments. He said, all of us have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. Submission is for everyone. We live the way he wants us to live. Our relationships are based on his rules 
And how did he live? One of my favorite passages of Scripture. I believe we could, well, I could preach on it every single Sunday. In Philippians chapter 2. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being excuse me, one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Man, isn't that a great word right there? And then he says, in your relationships with others, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, submission, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the death of the cross. In other words, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Instead of standing up for your rights, he laid down his rights. Instead of becoming a king and a master, he became a servant and knelt and washed their feet. He became such a servant, so obedient, that he was willing to die. What if instead of fighting for our will and fighting for our way, we would have a clear understanding that submission is for me? The word submit in the original language means this, to lower or to place under. To lower or to place under. My mindset and my relationships is supposed to be the same as Christ. To take the authority, to take the power and put it under. To submit it. Another great great way that I, I use a lot is the word submission means to submerge your mission under another. That's good. So write that down. Maybe even tweak that out. I don't know. Submission equals submerging your mission under someone else's mission. In other words, me laying down me for you. To prefer my brother, my sister, my wife, my family, my, my friends, my enemies. To prefer them, put them ahead, put them up front. Hard to do, but it is a secret to successful relationships. The ultimate submission, I'm going to tell you the ultimate submission is marriage. Because it is the two becoming one. If you want to know what true love is, true love is this, compatibility. I know you think it's about, oh, no, it's about compatibility. It's about how do you get along. It's about compromise, giving up something for them, them giving up something for you. The submitting, the submerging, the merging, the miracle. And you talk about a miracle. Marriage is a miracle. (laughs) Think about it. At the beginning... Jesus took one, I mean, God took one and created two. And now we're trying to take two and make them one. Taking these two individuals with all of their cultures and backgrounds and beliefs and hurts and hang-ups and tragedies and triumphs and thoughts about life. And there's this collision of these two. And you're trying to make them fit into one another. That's a miracle when those two happen. You want to see miracles? Just look at people that have stayed together. People that are in love with each other. Not just hanging out together until the kids graduate. 
but I mean becoming one. That's why the longer you're married, the better it should get. Because you're becoming more one together. Matter of fact, Paul says this marriage is an illustration of the gospel. It's an illustration of how Christ and the church work together. He said, it is a great mystery. Come on, amen. It's a great mystery. But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. It's this. He submitted for us. We are to submit for him. Submission. Submission. Bad word. But we're changing it today. So number one, submission is for everyone. Number two, submission is about honor. Matter of fact, when you read the word submission in the Bible, just for fun, just put the word honor in there. Because that's one of the meanings of it. Honor. Wives, honor your husbands. Husbands, honor your wives. Children, honor your parents. And then Paul tells us how to do it. Wives, in the message, I love how he says it, in Ephesians 22. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. Jump to verse 24. So just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Wives, I'm going to tell you the greatest thing you can ever do for your husband. Honor his leadership. Honor it. Encourage it. Talk about it. Let him know you're a good leader. I love the way you lead our family. Even when he's not. As Christ leads the church. That's how wives are supposed to look at husbands. Leader. Lead, 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 lead. And I love it. Paul gets into some great stuff in some of his other books. He talks about women. You don't understand. He said, if you do this thing right, even if he's unsaved, it works out. By honoring. 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 Man, I wish I had time to get into it. We need to do a whole series on some of this, don't we? Husbands, honor your wives. Ephesians 5 and 25. Husbands, I love how the message says it. Go all out in your love for your wives. Exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. That is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. Don't you love Paul's gentleness here? Don't you love the way he uses that lavishing, just, just man, dote on her. Just talk about how beautiful she is. Just talk about how radiant she is. I can tell you this right here, men, is the key to a successful relationship. Women, honor your husband's leadership. Men, honor your wife's preciousness. She's precious. Precious. Matter of fact, Peter says it like this. He says, in the same way, you husbands, 1 Peter 3, 7, must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Weaker. That word weaker means like a vase, like precious. Treat her as a precious vase. You don't go, go get the vase out. 
Sometimes when, when you see that word weaker, you can see women kind of, whoa, now hold up now. <laughs> Anything you can do, I can do better. All right? I get that. That don't mean you should, though. And why would you want to if you don't have to? It's like when y'all come over to our house, we're probably going to have like, like paper plates and solo cups. You know what I mean? We don't want to get the fine, expensive vase because it's precious. We don't want you breaking that thing. Men, if you would treat your wife that way with preciousness, it's a gift. God gave you as a gift, her as a gift to you. Come on, amen, y'all. Men, you should be amening me right now. Good Lord. That just teed up for you, right? You should be, yeah, come on, Pastor. Preach to me. Submission is about honor. Just honor one another. Parents, honor your children. Children, honor your parents. Honor, honor, honor. Remember, successful relationships is about submission. Submission is for everyone. Submission is about honor. Number three, submission is also about obedience. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I like the honor part. The obedience part I'm not real sure about. But obedience and honor go hand in hand. Write this down. Honor is the attitude of submission. Honor is saying, I submit to you. You, I'm honoring you. I'm telling you. I'm honoring you. I'm submitting to that. Instead of me trying to bow up and show you how good I am, I'm going to honor you by submitting. Honor is the attitude of submission. Obedience is the action of submission. A lot of people honor but don't obey. Pastor T.F. Tenney says it like this. It is not submission until you disagree. It ain't submission until you disagree. And that's why relationships don't last. That's why kids don't like their parents and parents don't like their kids and churches split is because we cannot handle disagreement. We don't do well with it. When someone tells us, don't do it this way. I don't think you should do things that way. Well, how dare you? You're attacking me. And this is bow up. Come on, you're not going to come on me. Instead of, all right, I may not even agree with you, but I'm going to honor you right now. I'm going to honor this relationship by just not trying to prove my point so much. It is so good. Ephesians 6 and 1. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. If you don't do it, if you won't do it, Just to do it, do it because it's a commandment with promise. All the other commandments, do it or don't do it and you're going to die, all right? This one is, do it and you get a long life. Things will go well with you. Life will be a lot easier if you just obey your parents. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. It is a commandment to honor your parents. It's a commandment. I'm 47 years old, and I still honor my mom and dad. Still to this day, honor. It's, a, it's important. It's not just important. It is a commandment. I look at the way Melissa and Kristen are honoring their mother and father during this season of their life. It's just it's honor. And yes, it is a commandment, but it also is a blessing that is attached to it. I don't care if, well, my mom and dad and I don't get along. My daddy, whatever. Don't mean you can't honor. That is good. 
but it's not easy. It's called submission. That's the key to it. You can never outdo honor. I mean, you just can't do it. The blessings that come with it. Do things right. Do things right. Submission is about obedience. Number four, submission is voluntary. Real submission comes from permission. Real submission comes from permission. Let me explain that to you. Because sometimes when you see the word submit, it's like, you're going to submit to me. You, that, that ain't submission. That's slavery. Submission is voluntarily Matter of fact, true submission is doing something you don't have to do. You could bow up. You could fight. You could walk out. You could file for divorce. You could beat them. True submission. I don't have to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Matter of fact, I love what Jesus said in John 10 and 18. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want and also take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. He was saying, I got the power to do what I want to. Now, I've heard the scripture used as this Jesus, like, Y'all ain't taking my life. I'm going to tell you right now. Ain't nobody taking my life. I'm going to lay it down. That's not how he was saying it. He was just making sure they understood this is submission here. I'm submitting to this. I am submitting to the will of the Father. And in, in doing so, I'm also submitting to the will of my accusers, my captors. When you, when you rail against me, I'm going to be quiet at my trial. Like a sheep. Quiet. I'll only speak when my Father tells me to speak. Man, could we learn that lesson right there? Just look at your neighbor and say, just zip it. Just zip it. Just sometimes just zip it. My dad, my dad, Chris and I were just married, brand new, brand new, and uh, we were traveling full time. My dad had rigged our Ford Explorer at that time with uh, hanging racks because we didn't have a home. Chris and I traveled for the first two years of our marriage. We were in a different uh, church every weekend. We traveled all over the nation. And so uh, now I have more clothes than Kristen, but at that point she had many, many, much, much more than I did, okay? And I'll never forget, we kept bringing clothes out. And just clothes kept coming out and clothes kept coming out and clothes kept coming out. And I, I was getting exasperated. I'm like, Dad, what, we got to put our bars up and our support and all this. And what am I going to do? And he looked at me and he said, you just pulled her away from everything she knew. She doesn't have a home. This is her home. Best thing you can do is keep your mouth shut. Hey, Kristen, he's right over there. There he is, right there. <laughs> Listen, y'all. And a matter of fact, and then he stopped and looked at me and said, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you some great, some great advice in your marriage. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just be quiet. Just be quiet. Come on, how many of you wish you'd had Papa in your life just like last week? Submission is voluntary. Now, I hear it in your mind. Some of you are like, well, listen, there is a huge difference in humility and humiliation. 
Huge difference. Jesus allowed him, Jesus had humility, but he was not humiliated. In other words, you're not taking my life from me. I'm laying this thing down. Listen to me. The reason submission is a bad word is because we tied into humiliation and not humility. I'm not going to let a man tell me what to do. I'm going to let my kids talk to me that way. They're not going to humiliate me. So there's the difference. That's where things change. Ephesians 5 and 23. Husbands, provide leadership to your wife the way Christ does to the church. Not by domineering, but by cherishing. 6 and 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. It's not humiliation. I'm going to break their will. God didn't call you to break their will. Verse 9. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven. And he has no favorites. Submission is for everyone. Submission is about honor. Submission is about obedience. Submission is voluntary. And lastly, True submission is unto the Lord. Back to the beginning. I told you we're going to start with it, and now we're going to end with it. And further, Ephesians chapter 5 and 21, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Come on, let's come back. Everybody look at the screen. Here it is. On the count of three, let's read it together. One. Two, three, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. When he does that thing, when she says that or doesn't say that, when they, when them, when those, and you want to change the context and say this, you know what, you might even be wrong. I may not like what you're doing right now, but out of reverence to Christ. When we honor others above ourselves, we're also honoring God. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness comes down to submitting your will and your way to the will and the way of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you today.